Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's still eclipse season. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, You know what? I don't usually get too affected by them. Um, but like that last oh, no. one that, uh, it was that full moon one, um, that one really affected me. And now I'm like, all right, let's just coast to the end of the year. <laughs> That's kind of how I'm going. Oh, it's interesting that you mentioned that actually, because I kind of, am, it feels to me energetically more like a new year's Eve ending today and yesterday. Cause like the solar eclipse happened overnight last night, mm-hmm. um, if I, I would suspect you probably would have to be in Australia area or wherever it was daytime at 1.30 central because um, we wouldn't have seen it because the sun was not on our side of the world. But um, I got a little notification on my phone and it was like the really coolest image. It's like this little icon of a dark moon with a red ring around it. And I was like, what is this thing telling me? Like I, I've seen this notification before, but I didn't clue in that it was a, an eclipse. And I was like, so I click on the app right away, which is Lunar Phase is the app mm-hmm. that I use. And I was like, new moon solar eclipse i'm like whoa okay that explains my hot mess express that's been the last couple of weeks and and why i'm feeling like it's you know kind of an endings of things and um i've been really trying to get in the energy of manifesting but i also realize that i'm i want to say i'm i'm not spinning on my emotions or my energetics but i'm just i feel stuck mm-hmm. i feel like i've i've dug my heels in and I'm not feeling anything like I'm just completely like stone cold, not cold hearted. Like I'll, I'll save that for certain exes. <laughs> um, just like not emotionally, I'm neutral. Like I'm not excited. I'm not angry. Like there is anger in my field, but it's not all mine. I yeah. still haven't finished tracking where it all needs to go and how to transmute it all. But I have some activities planned for later this evening, actually. Um, and then I was scrolling through the good old Facebooks today. And something popped up in my field and it's like, um, highly recommend using this eclipse energy as if it was the ending of the year and the dawn of new beginnings. And I was like, well, shit, that makes so much sense because that's already how it felt energetically to me. And I had the awareness a couple of days ago. I was like, I haven't done any manifesting or any universal asks for a really long time. And that's part of why I'm spinning on my emotions right now, but I have to figure out a way to move these emotions because I'm, I'm not even trying to hang on to them anymore but they're just not, they're just, it's just dynamic energy. So it's like, well, do I need some like super intense physical workout? Do I need a big long walk? Do I need a long drive? Do I need to just like hang out in the forest for a full day and like lay on the ground and hopefully I don't freeze to death, like find somewhere warm <laughs> with a bonfire nearby or something. But um, so I was actually, I reached out to a friend of ours from the community and was chatting with her and she gave me some perspective and the idea of journaling how I feel, who's caused me to feel that way and just literally get everything out on paper, like a brain dump Mm -hmm. um, and then set it on fire because I like to set things on fire in my backyard. So, and we had barbecue for dinner tonight, even though it's winter. So (laughs) it's like, this kind of fits. That was kind of awesome. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I guess in a sense, I'm feeling that energy too, like that finality. Cause I mm. like November went by so quickly and totally. I, 
not that I just realized it's December, but I'm like, man, it's December. Like what is happening? Um, and I like, usually what I do is like the beginning of the month, I sit down and I look back at the previous month and I go back through, you know, like things that I've done, what have I accomplished? How did the month feel? Like I have a whole bunch of questions that I ask myself. And then I usually take that time too to plan into the next month. So I look at like, what are some things that I want to accomplish? What's the word for the month? And like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I like write out my little like list of tasks that I want to get done or goals or whatever it is that I call it. Right. And it's interesting because I was sitting there today and I'm like, I honestly cannot remember what the heck I did for November. Like <laughs> November went by so quickly. It was like, I blinked and it was gone. And I don't, I honestly don't even know what I could tell you that I accomplished. Like, I know I've done stuff, but I have mm-hmm. no concept of what it was that I did. And it's like, right. And I'm like, I know I've like, I know I've achieved things and I know that I had some pretty cool things happen in November, mm-hmm. but I, for the life of me, cannot tell you what it is right now. And when I did come up with things, I was like, oh, you know, I did this. And then it was like, no, that was in October. Well, you know, I did this. It was like, no, that was like two days ago. That was still December. I'm like, <laughs> what did I do in November? So yeah, that was, that was really interesting. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. And like to try and plan, like I'm, I'm having a real hard time planning and goal setting right now. Maybe I'll just give myself a little bit more time. Um, like maybe another day or so just to kind of come out. I think we're supposed to be in the eclipse energy until the 10th of December. I think I read somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might like, I'm not going to, I'm going to wait that long to set any goals, but, um, I might at least give myself until tomorrow or, or something to figure it out. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like December is just going to go by so quickly too. You know what I mean? And then I'm already planning things happening in just like January. Like I've already got an idea of what I want to do. I've got a plan for the first quarter of the year. Like mm. I'm so far like past December planning that I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. I should take some notes on that. Cause I, I actually, I need to explore this further, but goals don't motivate me the way that they should. I actually get irritated sometimes by the pressure to set goals because I'm just like ugh, like because then if I don't achieve it then I've said it feels like a failure and not a goal and it, it it becomes a disempowerment programming thing for me and I just even when I used to work in the fitness industry like literally was my day was to come in and set goals of how many sales I was going to get in the day and maybe there's some like resonance around that pressure for the sales aspect that gets under my skin but when I write down a goal, it's almost like I say, and I read this article somewhere at some point in the last couple of years where sometimes when you talk about something, your energy kind of already behaves as if it has already happened. So then it's like, well, if I've already done it because I've talked about it, like, but then I don't actually do the things, it's, it doesn't really actually accomplish anything for me. And I've never thought about planning my life in the way of like, what are we doing in the next quarter? Um, but that is something that I should be doing, especially if I'm trying to launch a bigger business than what I've already got going on, you know? So, yeah. Um, 
but with what's been going on in my personal life, which I have already shared on past podcasts, a general idea of what's going on that it's been a lot of heavy work to get through that I've, like you said, you had mentioned it like a couple months ago, I think, like when was the last time you had the chance to dream? And I, I really, I've been trying, but I don't have the energy for it. I'm not in the right energy to dream or create. Like, I don't want to create from a disempowered place. Mm-hmm. But then I also have to look at all of the other reasons why I'm feeling disempowered right now. And it's not just, I can't just blame it on the eclipse season, although it's fun too. It's the same as us blaming everything on the patriarchy. It's fun, but it's not the root of the, not the root of the issue. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I play a role in holding the patriarchy up to where, what it is. I play a role in the energy that is happening around me. And yeah, I can, I can either work with it or have it work against me. You know, so it's, it's definitely something that I've been exploring the last little while. And I, I think some deep journaling is due. Like, and I love writing. I really do. Um, pencil on paper feels so what's timeless is the right word. I think I'm looking for. It feels so timeless to me that you're kind of communicating with spirit and your guides. And that's how I used to pull information. Actually, I would sit and journal and just, I would get intuitive hits and I would make notes of those intuitive hits. And then I would go back in a couple of weeks and reread the notes and and you don't realize when you're doing that, how much value is there when you go back and read until, until you've read them a few weeks later and you're like, oh, I actually did this or that's been cleared or this has changed or, you know, all those kinds of things. So mm-hmm. definitely on the list of things to do this evening is like I said, I want to have a bonfire. I think it's warm enough outside and uh, journal about some stuff and just toss it in the fire and see what comes of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. I know. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I feel like, so here's a little story time. Okay. So every year, probably since about, well, I mean, it probably started in school when we get the, like a journal or um, an agenda every um, school year. And like the plan is that you're supposed to use it to write down your homework and write down the things that you need to do and blah, 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 all this stuff and all that, you know, and like, I can't be bothered to use one. Um, so I've been like most of, uh, what do you start that? You probably start that in, I feel like I like grade five or six, I think we started using them or like in junior high, but either way. For probably 20 years of my life, we've been, you know, kind of conditioned to use an agenda book or like a calendar of some sort to keep track of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, I can tell you in my adult life, I have tried so hard. I've bought so many different planners um, and I will be very consistent for like two to three months and then that's it. And then they fall off the end of the earth. Now, it's interesting. Because I have a good memory for like dates and times and things that need to get done. And like, as soon as it's committed to paper, it's like, I don't need the paper anymore. It's in my head. Mm -hmm. So when I got together with my husband, he is very much a digital person. So he needed a digital catalog or catalog calendar. Um, Because if it wasn't in a digital calendar that he could see any time of the day, he was lost. So trying to plan things when I am a paper queen and he is a digital master, it's just like, it didn't work. So I had to convert all of my stuff to digital. But with that, I kind of lost an aspect of being able to keep track of things. Um, Like, don't get me wrong. I'll still remember all the things that I'm supposed to, but it's just, it's, 
one of those things where it just like, doesn't feel the same. Like it's writing it down. So mm. 2020. So it would probably like in the fall of 2019, I came across this really amazing planner. I don't have it here. I would show you. Um, <laughs> I don't, I think I might have it in my desk, but I'm not going to dig it out. Um, <laughs> but um, Carrie Green, um, she's a, an amazing female entrepreneur and she runs the Female Entrepreneur Association. Um, she came out with like the Carrie and Co like planners. So this planner is a hefty and I'm talking like it's hefty. It's thick, um, <laughs> but it's daily along with a weekly spread along with a, a monthly spread. And then like questions at the end of each month to kind of really get you into the, the mindfulness and the uh, reflection type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I should have done this. Cause like, I literally had just had my baby in September of 2019 and I'm like, no, I need a planner for 2020. And then, you know, 2020 rolls around. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, am I kidding? I never used it. Um, oh, so funny. So instead of shelling out money for another planner, just like that one, I decided I was going to go through, it was probably like December, 2020. Um, I decided I was going to go through and I like erase, like took a little, um, one of those like eraser, not eraser, those white out, like the white out tapes. Yeah, there you go. The oh, tapes. those are so good. And I, I used one of those and I like whited out all the dates and I like wrote in the dates. And then, cause I was like, this is going to be my 2021 planner. <laughs> I think I got to about February and that was it. I couldn't use it anymore. And so I was like, oh, well, I really want something. And like, I'm, uh, I had done a couple of, um, her goal setting, um, like, I don't know, lives or webinars or whatever you want to call it. And they have a certain set of questions that they ask each month to reflect on the past month and then move, like ask questions about how you want it the next month to go. And I really liked using that system, but I really don't like printing out the paint, the the like questions or the sheets or whatever, the workbook every mm -hmm. month and using the same questions over and over again. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to buy a bullet journal and I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to put it in this journal. So I started doing it in the journal. And what I decided was, um, and this would have been May, cause I think my first reflection is April of 2021. So what I do is I do the reflection of the month. I do the planning for the, like the current month that you're in. And then each week I have a block of like, it's like a little calendar and it has like important, uh, well, it really has my, my planner on it, right? Like it has everything that I, um, that I have planned in terms of like appointments or work schedule and things like that. But then I have a little box on it that is for goals or like tasks that I want to get done that week, mm -hmm. uh, along with, um, like anything that was cool or interesting that had come up. Um, or that like I did. Right. And I have found that I have had the most success with that. Um, I've gone from, well, May of 2021 to like now currently still using it. Um, and I really like the flow that I have with it because it is very like, I don't know. I like coming back at the end of the month. It doesn't matter if I've looked at it at all for the whole month, but I like coming back at the end of the month and being like, okay, this is what I did. And this is where I'm going. And then 
especially like as I'm building up this business, I like to be able to look back and see what I was sitting at. Like even, you know, five years down the line, can you imagine looking back and being like, this is where this started, or this is where I had that mindset change. Like Mm -hmm. being able to see that, that growth overall is, is really cool. Um, but then I did it again and I, (laughs) another creator that I absolutely adore her. I like, I have all of her, well, not all of her planners, but, um, she's got, um, a couple of really beautiful journals. I know I've shared her on my stories a few times. Um, she came out with a planner for 2022 and it is the most gorgeous piece of art I have ever seen. Um, and I'm like, I even, I, we're pretty good. Like we communicate quite a lot in our, in our uh, messages. So it's just like, you know what? I sent her a message. I was like, I really love your planner. I have no idea if I'd actually use it, but I really want it. And I'm like, but here's my problem is like, I have a habit of not using planners to the fullest of their ability. Like I'll, I'll set my important dates and things like that, but I won't use them. Um, and she, like, she actually, um, took her planner and melded it with a little bit of like mindfulness and reflection, which is what I'm already doing. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, thank God. Maybe this will be a planner that I can actually use and stick to, but if not, then at least it's pretty, (laughs) it's pretty. And I've supported a small creator (laughs) and then I'll still have my bullet journal. I can fall back on if I have to. But yeah, I, I am sitting in a room where I have a shelf full of journals and planners that I've never touched. I actually just went through a bin of things that I found in my shed. We were doing a lot of yard sales this year and I went through my office bin. Well, it wasn't really my office bin. It was more like the junk drawer of your office desk, all thrown into a giant Rubbermaid bin. And like I had a handwritten in pencil telephone booklet of phone numbers that probably aren't even listed anymore from friends from high school, junior high, their addresses. And that's all I ever wrote in that planner. I didn't write anything else. Um, And really the only time I've ever actually set goals and stuck to them was within fitness, even though I didn't always get attached to the outcomes of that. Um, I really, yeah, it's curious to me. Like, I do know that they say that if you write something down as a goal, you're more likely to achieve it than if you don't write it down. And I understand the psychology behind that and also the energetics and the manifesting that goes in behind that. But I wonder what it is for me where it's flipped the switch, where it's just like, I take a look at this and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like, whatever. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, if that's, I feel like that some of that is just my school conditioning. Um, because on the other hand, if I don't have a deadline to do something, I don't do it. If someone gives me a deadline and says, you need to do this by this date, for the most part, I am motiv- more motivated. But then I wonder, is that just because I have a procrastinator by heart and I want to work under pressure or I'll have to track more into that about my own goal setting things. Because like I have, maybe I need to reframe it to, to what dreams I want to achieve rather than what goals I want to achieve. Maybe that's just the language thing. Could kind be. of feeling like it's just the language thing. So maybe we'll have to spend some time reframing how I'm going to word it so that it feels more achievable to me and less, I don't know, coachy or businessy. Cause like, yes, I am those things, but I do things my way <laughs> for anyone that's been listening to the podcast and hasn't figured that out yet. I fucking do things my way. 
It's not always the right way. It's just my way. <laughs> well, and I wonder too, like, it could possibly be the language you're using. Like, maybe you just don't resonate with the word goals. Yeah, um, it makes me feel crunchy. <laughs> no, and like, I know for me, like, I don't always achieve the goals that I write down or the tasks that I write down. So I kind of see them as, and I mean, maybe it's just because I'm not keeping myself accountable to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe I'm overvaluing or not overvaluing, but um, undervaluing, over, uh, over estimating the amount of time that I'm going to have to spend on this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but I always like, there's, there's the top goal or the top task that I need to get done, um, in that month. And then I have, and then like afterwards I have like the next three, um, important ones that have to get done. And then I have like a list of like things that could get done in that month. And what usually ends up happening is, is that I get a little bit of like, I get quite a few of the little tasks to get done. I get maybe one or two of the three tasks and very rarely do I actually get the first task done, like my top goal or whatever. Um, but I can still look back and be like, okay, cool. Where, like, why did I not achieve that? Or why did I not hit that mark or whatever? Um, was it like, it just didn't work anymore? Like, was that not my goal that I switched perspectives? Um, something that we actually want to complete or, you know, whatever. Like sometimes I don't even have an idea of what my goal is. And I'm just like, I toss something out and I go, you know what? We're just going to do, I don't know. We'll finish this course. And I'm like, but I have no other idea of what my top goal would be. Um, so sometimes it's just like a roll the dice and see what happens. Um, but it's, it's just really, I don't know, like maybe, Maybe there's an element of you need to feel comfortable not having to worry about achieving the goal all the time. Like Mary, maybe there's some sort of expectation that you're placing upon yourself or someone mm-hmm. else is placed on you that once you set that goal, if you don't accomplish it, you failed. Cause I know mm-hmm. for me, that was something that I had to work on as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause I, I did not like setting goals if I knew I couldn't achieve them. So Mm -hmm. I would play it very small and I would pick something like, I get out of bed today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Today I'm going to get out of bed before 11 and then I'll set my alarm for like seven and I'll be out of bed by eight. And I'm like, see, I did my goal. It's like, yeah, but (laughs) I knew you were going to. So it's funny, you know, so I I think there's something there in the like when I was, as I was listening to you explain your experiences with that and, and hearing you use the word like achieving the goal, what I'm curious about is if you don't achieve the goal, how do you reconcile that with yourself? Because for me, I'm already, I realize I'm not reconciling it. I'm not giving myself grace or forgiveness for not doing it. And I'm not necessarily looking at why I didn't achieve the goal. So I think I do need to reframe that a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything like spicy or amazing to say that'll be like, here's how you're going to fix your problems. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it's just a switch in your mindset, right? Like you, you can make a goal 
and know that if it doesn't get accomplished, who are you letting down? What, what's going to happen if you don't achieve the goal? Um, you know, how will you feel about yourself when you don't achieve that goal? Um, you know, like really what, what's the worst that could happen, right? Like if I don't achieve a goal, yeah, I might be like, meh, like the first few times I was like, oh my God, I am the worst failure ever. How dare I, Mm -hmm. I was really hard on myself. And then I was like, you know what? Not that I don't really give a shit, but like, I don't really give a shit. Like if I didn't achieve a goal, then I can look at why I didn't. I think that was probably, um, I think that kind of goes along with like what um, James says, like James Wedmore. Oh, about, yeah. Like there's more to learn from the the lesson or like the failure, failure, we'll put quotations on that, mm-hmm. of your launch or your business or whatever than there is in actually achieving the damn thing, right? Because you can look back and be like, okay, what did I learn? You know, where did I go wrong? What needed to be tweaked? What can I do differently next time, right? Mm-hmm. So. And I mean, like to me, it's just, at least in my vision and the way that I do those things, um, like, for example, I have, I have um, goals or targets that I want to achieve each month um, for like engagement and the numbers I want on my Instagram or my Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever garbage, right? Because it's not really, <laughs> it's not really the, um the, 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 like the numbers that really matter. It's the people that are actually willing to engage with you and that are wanting to buy the things that you're selling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where was I going with this? Oh yes. So I had this idea of like, I think I'm sitting at like 433 followers on Instagram right now, which pretty respectable number. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could list off 400 and some odd people. Um, so yay me, first of all, pat myself on the back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but like I have said for the last, like maybe four or five months that I wanted 450 and I still have yet to hit that, but I'm like, I'm getting there. I'm getting better. And I know each month I can look back and be like, okay, well, how is my, like, how consistent was I in posting? Well, I, you know, I made a missed a little bit here. I only posted once this week, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I go, okay, so if I want those 450,000, wow, 450,000 now. <laughs> Ooh, in a year from now, that could be happening. That'd be cool. Know, right? <laughs> um, but if I want that 450 followers on Instagram, like what, what would that look like? What would I need to do to achieve mm-hmm. that? Well, I'm getting close, so I must be doing something right. And what I keep coming back to is I need to have a, like an Instagram content plan or an idea of what I want to post per day or whatever each week. Yeah. But I need to also be very authentic to myself and I need to honor myself because if I am, I would call it shit posting. Like if I'm just like throwing up yeah. something just because I can and like, yeah. I'm like, oh, well, if I want to stay current in the algorithm, I have to put a post out today. Otherwise people will forget about me then that's literally like a shit post. I just slap it together and I, sh- I was going to say I shit on my Instagram feed, but that's <laughs> actually what it is, <laughs> you know? And, and like the social media shit. <laughs> oh, this is great. Sometimes you can polish the turd and it looks a little nice, but 
most of the time when, when I go back and I read it and I go, what the hell was I talking about? Hmm. Um, because like when I read the posts that flow or that I get channeled from, or like, or I get channeled from, I channel or like, I, I get that like intense. I know you felt this too, when you're, when you're sharing posts, you know, and you get that urge to like, oh, this is the topic I need to talk about when those posts flow through and I pair them with the best picture I possibly can, those are the posts that I get the best engagement on. Right. And again, numbers aren't everything, but when I compare that to a shit post, it's like, I'd rather put out more of this beautiful, like content of like, this is a magical story and this is where we're going and this is what's happening. And this is who I am. I feel like I'd rather post that once a week or once every other week than have 10 shit posts. You know what I mean? I, I agree. Everything went co- coherently, but <laughs> I get that. And it's, it's, it's funny. I was like low key checking what my follower account was while you were chatting about that. And it's, it, it's see, the algorithm is, is so interesting and getting people that follow you that only want you to follow them back. And then they unfollow you. Like I was at 428 this morning. I just checked. It's at 423. So I lost five followers in the span of today. Probably don't care about who they are. I probably don't even know who they are, which is fine. I, I also, am not necessarily that particular about the numbers but I think it would be cool to hit a thousand followers at some point and and just to have some validation that um it's not just my friends and family following me although actually I would say that's probably not so much that true anymore um that I do have some accounts that are following me that are total strangers that are there for my content which is kind of cool but the shit post idea I had this realization the other day it's like I'm also with you on the not wanting to just post for the sake of posting, like to keep up my grid, the way that it looks like I kind of have a certain aesthetic that I'm going for with that. But I also try to keep it in alignment with what's going on in my head. And I don't want to overshare in a victim story mindset. Like if I'm feeling like I really want to like verbally dump something, I will write it out, but not necessarily in an Instagram post. I'll just like write it out. And then I'll pick threads of that that could help my followers and be like, once I come out on the other side of it, it's like, well, this is what I worked through. This is how I got through it. This is how I can help you. Um, But sometimes like that dumping stuff, like I would keep that for the stories and not my actual Instagram grid. Like those posts that are going to be there indefinitely, as long as my account exists and as long as the social media world exists, like that's where I want my heart and soul to be and my authentic self to be. And if I'm just goofing off or I want to spit off about something or I want to rant about something, but it's going to be funny also like that one, that one I'll go into my stories for, but I'm also not consistent because I'm like still swimming in the motivation, not motivated roller coaster right now. And I would really like this eclipse to clear all of that out. I've been trying things to like make me cry to like transmute the anger that I'm feeling all those fun loving things but it's just it's still it's just like I feel like there's more here that I have to to do and so when I was chatting with my friend earlier today too she's like what's in your field do you have some portals you need to close and I was like god damn it like I do the the human 4d stuff and then I I kind of forget okay if it's not just me and this shit isn't mine and it's not just in my energy field is it in the home around me is there's portals nearby do I need to grid the home better is there Am I on, am I near ley lines? Are my neighbors opening portals because, and I don't realize it and it's affecting my property. Like, do I have to redo the gridding of my home? Is it something happening in the cosmos? Like, did I miss something or am I catching a thread of something that is like happening in my family line that hasn't 
shown its face yet in mm -hmm. person, um, which tends to happen. Like when someone in my family is triggering me and I can't figure it out. And then three days later, I figure out why, like some of that's been happening too. So it's just like, where do I put what? And how do I do it in a way that's not going to bring my followers along for the spin? Mm -hmm. I certainly don't want to, I don't want to drag everyone along forever. Like I'm not always boring and serious and sad about the world and angry about the world. Like I'm also funny. <laughs> I can be funny, not just funny looking, <laughs> you know? So it's been an interesting month to say the least to, to kind of like, even though I don't per se set goals, I'm still reflecting on a lot and this is it's starting to like set in of okay like what do I want January to look like and what do I want to dream about and what what are things that I could achieve maybe I need to use the word achievement that feels way better than goal because it's almost like as if you're using the language in a way that's like because it is already it is done mm -hmm. like saying it's an achievement this, these are my achievements for January you're already saying it's done rather than these are my goals, the word goal to me is something you still have to reach for. And sometimes the goalposts get moved. Like, I know that. <laughs> like, just take a look at the world around us. And if anyone's ever been in a narcissistic gaslighting environment, you know, the goalposts move every time you do the next step. Mm -hmm. So it, it almost becomes like this, now you're chasing this ball of yarn that never ends. You've actually looped yourself around the tail of it and you're now caught up in the yard and you're rolling so mm -hmm. I feel like I've rolled and I'm just stopped against the wall now and I'm like okay how do I untangle all of this madness and how do I like toss it all away so that I can move forward in something that's more entertaining and, and light-hearted and fun for January um so I can kind of I'm like at least now I'm seeing there's a possibility like Whereas the last time I had said on a pod, the podcast that I was feeling stuck and, and not being able to dream, this was like a couple weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago, mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily see that forward trajectory. Like I, what I saw was there's still more shit to dig through. But now I feel like I think this is all the shit. <laughs> this really can't be any more that I can't already predict because of what the world is showing me, my personal and on the global scale. So now I, I do want to dream, but I do know I have to shed some of this emotion that I'm hanging on to. So we'll see. We'll see what, what comes. It'll be yeah. a different tune every week, I think, for the next couple of weeks, just to, to look at. And I would rather talk about my achievements than my goals. That feels better to me. So there you go, you guys. I just figured it out on the podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. But I think that is really, you know, something that like our listeners can take away, right? Like, mm -hmm if you have a hard time setting goals, look at why that is, right? Yeah. Is it the wording? Is it the active? Is it, you know, that if you set a goal somewhere in your past, you have either been let down by yourself or you've let someone down and you've taken that internally and you need to heal yeah. or shift that, right? Yeah. So figure it out because whether you call them goals or achievements or tasks to complete or whatever, mm -hmm. You know, and I actually, that kind of brings up a, um, what was it? A meme or something that I had seen the other day that was, um, it was along the lines of, um, what was it? It was like, you don't have to like put the big stuff on your to-do list. You could put like, get out of bed, mm -hmm. have a cup of coffee, you know, drink or drink your tea. <laughs> I was well. going to say drink 
like brush your teeth, but it came out drink. And then I was like, what the heck was I trying to say? Um, but like, you know, it could be like simple things like that, especially if you are not used to achieving goals or setting goals and then accomplishing them Mm. start small, right? Like do something like, like I said, getting out of bed, make like made bed check done. You got one done already. And it's like only whatever time you woke up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, doing a load of laundry or, um, I don't know, brushing your teeth, having a cup of coffee, whatever it is, you can set anything on your to-do list. No one says, I mean, probably the general consensus of like society says that this is how things should be, but no one's coming. Like there's no teacher. It's probably teachers, the damn teachers. Um, who have said like, oh no, no, you can't do that on your to-do list. You must put like achieve world peace on your to-do list. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be as big and woo as like some of that kind of stuff, right? Like it, it literally starts small. And I tell people all the time, like in my muggle job who struggle with anxiety and depression, like on your to-do list each morning or whatever it is, like do something small, set small goals that you know you can accomplish and like will only stretch you so far, right? Like if you are struggling to get out of bed in the morning, it's like, well, how about you just get out of bed and you move to the couch and you lay on the couch for the the next eight hours? Like whatever it is that you need to do, just start small, right? Mm -hmm. So people out there, I'm telling you, start small, put coffee on your to-do list or whatever it is you need to do. Change your word from goals to achievements or tasks or whatever else will resonate with you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I like that. And something else that came up that I'm like, as I'm kind of processing while we chat is like the idea of the expectation too. And I'm definitely guilty of not looking at it from a perspective of like well if I don't do this then what happens and who do I quote unquote disappoint and do they even matter is it just me is this part of a self-sabotage loop you know those are all things that have been factors in my life and with the tools that I have now there is no escaping facing your shit because if you don't face your shit it takes you out Mm -hmm. and it tried to take me out a lot this year and I'm still here I might be a little angry and a little edgy right now, but I'm still here. I ain't going anywhere. I'm choosing to be here. I'm choosing to help others, but I have to get out of my own way, you know, and looking at, well, who are these expectations? Like society, like, what do I care about that? Like, I've never been a conformist. I've tried, I may have played the role that was expected of me, but what was going on in my head and my thoughts about the situation not, don't necessarily match the way I present simply because for me, I think, especially in my teen years, I, that was like a protective factor, right? Like I would have an alternate opinion. I would speak it. I would calculate when I would speak it. And sometimes not, sometimes I would fly off, but whatever. I was 13, obnoxious. Everyone's obnoxious when you're 13. <laughs> So whatever, I'll, I'll make, I'll make an exception for that. I'll give my 13 year old self grace because she's a rebel at heart and I still am a rebel and I do have radical views about the world stage and about how to do things. But I think I've gotten kind of stuck in the soup and I maybe also thought that I got out of 2020 unscathed a little bit with all of the conspiracy theory rabbit holes and like the different information that was coming out and the collective chaos. 
Whereas now it seems like the collective chaos has kind of shifted and the people that were in chaos in 2022 that I dodged are they're no longer in chaos and it's a new wave of chaos and I'm playing in that instead. <laughs> you know, and I also think like seeing like a lot of the the hardships and the death and the and the stuff that's been going on in 2020. And then thinking that I was escaped like unscathed which I really wasn't because then it hit me on a personal level with some deaths in the family and just again the chaos and then I'm starting to look at well who are these expectations and what are they and like why have I not actually asked myself what are my expectations of myself mm -hmm. I because I don't even think I've looked at that in probably four years except that I have the awareness of I know what doesn't work for me but yet I don't necessarily have that bridge yet of what's my next right step to get me to where I want to be. Because sometimes when you're looking forward, it's overwhelming. And when you're in a spin and you're emotional and you're upset and you actually don't really have any clue of what's going on and like you have all these possibilities open where you've opened all these trajectories and you don't realize that those, these open trajectories that are in front of you are kind of contributing to the chaos and so another piece of advice that came across my field this past week was what if I take a look at all of the things that I thought I wanted and shut them all down take them to zero point make it just say like not even say no forever but like just close all of those trajectories call back all of that energy that you've put out into all these different options shut the doors take a break for a, a day or two, sleep on it kind of thing, see what pops back up again in the morning. But my own worst enemy is, and this is actually something that I'm going to say for the weekends, I'm going to stop doing. I bring my phone to bed with me and I shouldn't because then I go to bed and I get distracted and I'll, I, there's a particular Harry Potter game, which I love playing, which I'll, I'll, I'll play for 20 minutes and then it helps me fall asleep, which is the opposite of what they tell you that your phones should do. But I've conditioned my brain that when I play this game, it's bedtime. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but that's just me going against the grain, right? Because they all say that if you're on your phone late in the blue light and blah, blah, blah. Like I have a blue light blocker on my phone. But it's, it's just, it makes me funny. It makes me laugh about myself. Anyway, um, but what I plan to do starting tonight is I'm actually going to leave my phone in another room, shut it completely off. And the only time that I'll take my phone to my bedroom with me at the end of the night is if I want to do an intentional meditation and I need the sound audio, but then I'm going to set it up in a way that I then again, put my phone away in another room for sleep. Or if I need an alarm in the morning, because I don't have a, like a plug-in old school analog alarm. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that'll change some of my sleep quality. And then it'll also give me the perspective of like, okay, I'm awake. I can't, it might be five o'clock in the morning and it might be dark and it might be quiet, but rather than me reaching for my phone to play my game, to help me fall back asleep, maybe I'll sit up and meditate. Maybe I can like call in my guides and be like, yo, let's get loud. Let's have a conversation here and let's see what I can, you know, dream about. And that's something that I really miss about when I was living alone is that I would fall asleep with my phone near me, but it wasn't the first thing I would grab for. I would actually wake up in the morning, often right before sunrise in those twilight hours, like on my own, regardless of what time I went to bed. And I'm usually a night owl, night owl. Like I use like my jobs. Typically I work till midnight, two, three o'clock in the morning. And I would be up till four and then, you know, not functioning till noon. But since 35 ish, so about five years now, that's kind of shifted. And I've really um, aligned more with the sunrise and the sunset. So the sunsets, and I'm tired by 9 PM, like an old lady, which is fine. <laughs> 
I'm okay with it because then I'm waking up at five o'clock in the morning when it's quiet and it's peaceful and there's not a lot of ener- like intense energy. Mm-hmm. And I used to meditate every morning. I would get up at five o'clock in the morning when I lived on my own and I would meditate for 20 minutes. And the things that came through, the ideas that came through and the, and the motivation showed up and all of those things that I'm not doing right now, and then I realized that like, things have to shift and then I get caught up in the stupid incessant scrolling like you're on Facebook for five seconds to check a notification but before you know it you blink and it's a half an hour gone by well that's a half an hour of that I could have been journaling or meditating or writing copy for my business or taking pictures for promotions or tidying up my office space like I haven't sat at my desk in a week and a half since our last podcast recording because most of the stuff I've been doing I've been doing elsewhere or I've been in my art room creating some really cool things Mm-hmm. you know and I'm, I'm really feeling like I'm getting these little snapshots of things that I need to be doing but it's almost like I, I don't want to say that I've dissociated in the last year but I've definitely bypassed and I've almost disconnected from all of those things that I thought I wanted and I didn't even zero point them and it's not that I closed those trajectories down it's just like they're still hanging out here and I'm just ignoring them <laughs> This doesn't really help me, you guys. It doesn't help you guys. It doesn't help. It just makes you spin. Mm-hmm. So I see, I can see now where I've had trajectories open that I need to shut. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with saying no for a little while and just tending to my human aspects. And I think that's something that's been missing for a little while because I've been on autopilot since July. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting too, because I mean, I would say 2020 was like the worst for me in terms of, you know, that wake up and roll over, scroll your phone for half an hour and then finally get up and, you know, go about my day. And then, yeah, like anytime I had a free moment, I would be scrolling Facebook or scrolling Instagram. TikTok is the worst. Oh my God, you blink and you can have a half an hour missing in seconds. But I mean, if you you factor in the fact that like each video is maybe between 30 to 60 seconds, well, now they're longer, they can be up to three minutes. Yeah. Like that's a huge time sink. And like, I get the value of it, but wow. Um, Mm-hmm. So, and I, I've been very, I haven't been super successful on this, but I have been very diligent about when I am on Facebook, Instagram, whatever I am diligent about like how much time am I spending on this? Like I even had a point, um, when it was really, really bad in the summer, I had a, a thing on my phone. It's like screen time or something like that, where like after a certain amount of time in an app, um, I think I gave myself two hours, two hours a day to spend on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and once I hit that point, the la- the app was locked. And I mean, granted, I can break it with like, I have a passcode and I just like mm-hmm. ignore limit today. Yeah. But it was enough to be like, you know what? You've been like, you've spent two hours on this app. Maybe you should think about something else. And I'd be like- yeah maybe I need to reevaluate my life here, (laughs) you know, see, but unfortunately when a lot of my people are on Instagram or on Facebook, it's more challenging, especially when you're having a whole bunch of live videos and you want to be present for those live videos. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to watch this. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. 
I probably should implement that again. And then I also had a, um, like a downtime. So in the evening, I think it was usually around eight thirty, nine o'clock. Um, my phone would be like downtime and it would just shut off except for like, um, phone calls. And I think I had messages open and there was one other app that I had open and that was all I could use except for, you know, I could ignore it with a passcode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like, again, it was enough to be like, no, 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 this is your intentional time. You need to sit down and do something else with your life. Um, so, you know, one of those things. Um, recently I have found that I am actually like, when was it Thursday night? Yeah. Cause today is Saturday when we're filming this. So Thursday yeah. night when we were supposed to record and I completely <laughs> forgot, I actually sat on my couch. My husband was out. He was working, um, at a side job, but was like out super late. Like he didn't get back until like 11 o'clock. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah. God, I'm old for saying that. <laughs> Well, and like, I'm usually in bed by 11, like, and that's the latest, um, yeah. but he, he was out. So I was like, cool. Like I have a whole evening to myself. What am I going to do? Um, I know that there was a live that I was going to catch on Facebook, um, from one of my groups, but I was like, you know what I haven't done in a really long time is sat down and crocheted. I know super old lady topic. Like you I am, know how to crochet. I do. Oh, I, I have projects for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So I know how to crochet. And, um, my mom's friend had asked my mom, my mom was the one who taught me how to crochet. Granted she is right-handed. I am left-handed. It took her like several months to teach herself how to crochet left-handed so she could teach me. And then I completely forgot about it until probably like my early I would say my late teens, early twenties. And I was like, I should learn how to crochet again. And it's like riding a bike. You just pick up the stitches again. Right. Um, but, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, my mom's friend had asked her if she, cause my mom crochets, if she could crochet these hats for her. Well, my mom doesn't really know how to read a pattern. Um, and, um, also is very resistant to learning about how to read a pattern. Cause I've offered several times. Um, and she goes, well, no, 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 It's just, my brain doesn't work that way. It's like how she's brushing off technology. Right. <laughs> um, so she doesn't want to learn a pattern. Um, but she only makes flat things like blankets, scarves, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can just um, follow the same stitch and not have to think too much. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she asked me knowing that I like to crochet small projects. Like I, I don't like doing a whole blanket because if I'm going to sink like two hours into a blanket and I'm only going to make half a row, that's that I need to see progress, man. (laughs) So I actually, yeah. Right. Um, so I actually like to make like little stuffed animals and like little things that like I can knock off in like a couple of hours and have a finished project. Um, so my, my mom asked me if I'd be willing to crochet these hats and I'm like, sure, cool. This was like back in September, October. And honestly, I, not that I forgot because I had the balls of wool sitting in my room and they would look at me every day and I go, not today, sir. I'm not doing that right now. (laughs) Um, but I was like, you know what I had, I had, uh, last weekend I had three night shifts in a row and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take the crochet with me because when else am I going to start it? Right. So in like three Mm -hmm. hours, I was able to bang out one hat. Um, and these are little, little minion hats. So they're like, 
they're the hats and then they got the little eye on them and they're like super cute she wanted two of them one for her granddaughter and one for her because her grandson already has one she wanted to have matching hats and i'm like of course i'll do it it's so cute um that is yeah yeah so anyways thursday that's what i did i sat down and i crocheted and i got i i think i was only crocheting for like two hours um and listening to this live and things like that and um i got I think I got almost all of the, maybe about halfway, halfway through the adult hat. Um, And granted, I found out that the pattern is wrong. (laughs) No, it's not wrong. It's just, it's small. Like the, they're saying the adult size head and this to anyone who doesn't crochet out there or can't see it in terms of stitches, they're not really going to understand it, but they're saying that the stitches for the adult hat is 64 around the head okay that's not gonna be enough I'm like that's not enough so I'm like I have a pretty small head so I'm like I'll try it on I have a hard time putting this hat on my head like okay cool well instead of ripping it back to nothing and starting over I'm like I'll just finish this because I've got plenty of wool and then I'll make the large size the adult hat which is 70 stitches around still don't know if that's going to be big enough but we'll see. And then if I have to, I know how to adjust a pattern to size up a little bit. Right. Okay. So it's just one of those things where it just like, it becomes a little bit of a project and, and fun times for me, but the rest of it should be pretty easy. Um, I'm actually going to try the little hat on my daughter's head to see if it'll fit her. Um, and if it's got some room, then perfect. It should fit the, the granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't have room, I probably should make it bigger size but then she'll have the adult hat anyway so she could use that so I'm just gonna make a whole bunch of hats send them off to my mom and my mom will share them with her friend and if they work they work if they not then I don't know come back to me and I'll make more Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah so I don't know and like for me crocheting is something that like not that it's brainless because you're counting stitches you're counting your rows you're following your steps and you know like okay this row you have to do half double crochets this one you need to do you know two double crochets in one stitch and then move on to like you know eight stitches you know whatever mm-hmm. um so there's a rhythm to it um yeah like it's methodical it's almost meditative for me so I can get it's into that. the habit of doing it I actually thought of doing it while we were on the call tonight but <laughs> I was like, I can't be sitting here like counting stitches and trying to keep up a conversation because that's a little bit much for my brain, (laughs) but it would have been fun. (laughs) On the next podcast episode, Erin teaches the world how to crochet. It's not hard, guys. It's not hard. (laughs) My mom tried to teach me. She crochets. I do not have the patience for it. Um, I've, I've given it an honest try a few times when I was younger, when I was a teenager in my twenties and I just can't, I just can't, but I understand. I like the idea of how you say you want that immediate feedback. My mom will crochet Afghans, no problem, but it's, it's methodical for her too. She'll be watching her soaps or whatever shows and she'll be crocheting away. And she's like, got this blanket done in two or three days. And I was like, really? like wow that's amazing but that's just you know she likes to fidget while she's doing things she doesn't stop actually she even when she's sitting at the table she'll tap her foot or whatever like she's just always been on the go you know and trying to teach me how to crochet I I can't like if YouTube existed when I was a kid I probably would have taught myself 
but now I just have so much frustration from all the arguments that we had from trying to make sense of it all that it's just like no I, I I can't I can't but I have an entire Pinterest board of crochet projects of things that I wanted my mom to make me but she's she also struggles reading like she knows how to read a pattern but sometimes there's mistakes in the patterns and then it gets frustrating for her because she doesn't necessarily have the understanding of how to correct or backtrack and fix because mm-hmm. that one stitch that's out of place is going to irk her for the rest of her life if it doesn't look the way that it should and she doesn't fig- figure out like well you know if I missed a double crochet here I just add it in later like that doesn't work for her and I I know some of the lingo because I've tried the crochet but I can't mm-hmm. I like I prefer macrame I prefer hand weaving and and like I would do embroidery probably first as a choice if I were to pick something I wish I knew how to knit but I don't think I have the patience for that either because knitting to me seems faster and there's just more versatility in the patterns but I don't know that's so interesting because I also well okay I am like my mother but with knitting so like if you want me to knit you something I can only do one stitch it's like your your knit your regular stitch and I can only do flat things um (laughs) Don't ask me. My grandma was an avid knitter. Like she was, she would uh, not crochet. She would like knit you sweaters. She would knit blankets. She would do like doilies. She would do everything. Right. And like, so she knew how to knit pearl, any sort of weird decrease, increase stitches, like everything. Um, And she would read patterns and she was, she was a pro right now. My grandma one summer decided to teach me and all of my cousins how to knit. And like, she'd give us, like, I have my little knitting needles that she got us and I had my ball of yarn and I could, I can show you how to knit. But like, to me, it is so slow. It is so boring. And I, I just, you know, um, whereas crochet, I feel like it's so much more fast. Um, but again, too, like it's, it's whatever resonates with you. Um, And it's interesting because it's like my, like my nan, who was my grandmother's mother. So my great grandmother, she was an avid crocheter. Then my grandma knitted, then my mom uh, crochets. And then, well, I kind of do both, but I prefer to crochet because it's like, I find it faster and it's, um, it's only one needle and I only have to worry about the one needle with the one stitches or not the one stitches, but like making stitches versus like trying to use two. Yeah. Um, and I think just being left-handed, it was a little bit of a challenge learning from someone who was right-handed already. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, fun stuff, little side tangent in our <laughs> podcast, but yes, I do not take commissions unless, um, you know, for friends, maybe, <laughs> Yeah, no. I just have some really cool ideas that I've saved that I think you would like, whether you actually create them or not. Um, but there's some really funky sh- uh, shawl, like Celtic style shawl patterns that I've come across and some cute little different things. So anyway, I actually just, I just found, I'm totally going to do this. I just came across this one crochet pattern where you're crocheting cats and it's freaking hilarious. And I have a couple other friends that do crochet that are our age that I sent that to them, but now that I know you crochet, that's it's funny, funny that I was, it was literally this morning that I had get that in. So I'm going to send it to you too. It's pretty cool. Cause it's like three or four different colors of, of cats, but it's just the way that it's on the, the pattern of the, the whole big flat blanket that it, it just like, you could do one for, for your daughter, probably like in a smaller version. And it would be really, really cute. 
Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like that's, that would be super cool. I've, um, I don't know. I've toyed with the idea of creating my own patterns too. Mm. Um, and I kind of can in some regards, depending on like what it is particularly like a blanket is a little bit easier to like see in a flat lay. Um, something like a hat's a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I now with YouTube and like everything you can learn off of YouTube, like if I don't remember how to do a stitch, I go to YouTube and there's like before I would have to go to my mom who's right-handed who would have to then show me. And then I have to like take in the information, figure out how to do it my way to then do it and do it trial by error. But now I can type in, um, I don't know how to do a magic circle, which is like how you have to start these hats left-handed. And then I can pull up a video that literally is someone showing me how to do the magic circle, but left-handed I'm like, Perfect. I wish YouTube existed on some levels when I was a kid because it would have made school a lot easier. But I also think this does actually fit really well with our conversation about goals and achievements. And it's it's interesting how you want that immediate feedback and you that's why you prefer crochet to knitting. And I'm actually the same weight, but, or and I should say, I appreciate the art of knitting more than the art of crochet crochet has some really cool stuff but there's just something so much softer and there's just certain stitches that you can't achieve in crochet that you can with knitting and it's it's interesting how like I'm I'm still there's definitely a gap between what I want and what I get you know because there's I have to figure out how to bridge that better for myself and and looking at it in terms of like okay this is the achievement this is the the goal the achievement that I want and I almost have to start looking at it as how do I work backwards from that Mm -hmm. and we were sort of trained on this it's funny you made the clip about teachers earlier because we really are slave drivers (laughs) because that's just how the system is and like we I remember when I was a small child having the agendas introduced to us as this brand new thing and it's really, oh God, do they know how to sell to kids? It's actually disgusting how <laughs> these products get sold and marketed to children through our teachers. And like, yeah, okay, it became a useful tool. But when I was a teacher, I hated the agenda. I hated having to think of a message every day for my kids. It was like such a drain for me, which is probably adding to the that loop of me hating to set goals, you know, but that's fine. <laughs> but I remember these agendas coming into play and being wowed by how they looked and having the ability to like, there was little games on the sides and all these different things that would encourage you to interact with it. And then when I, I, I think there was probably a point when I realized like I'm not getting anything out of this other than my mom's taking a look at it and signing it and she doesn't care. She doesn't value what's in here and neither do I. The teacher is just doing a little sign off on it that I, oh good, she wrote her sentence in her agenda today. It's like, I already know how to print lady. What's the problem <laughs> kind of thing. Whereas like, you know, now, now as a teacher, like when I was in teaching kindergarten or when I was subbing in the grade one and two room and I had to like give them something to write in their agenda. Like I understand it's, writing practice for them and when it's like part of the stage of writing and get that but like if it's not a tangible thing and it doesn't have value for me why am I doing it Mm -hmm. you know and that's kind of also how 
I look at with like the crochet and stuff like I've tried I'm more of a like I, I think I did more beading when I was a kid but even now I feel like anything with needle craft is annoying I can sew with a machine I, I have enough knowledge about sewing that I could create basic clothing I can definitely mend things if I want to and I have these ideas of how to make beautiful things but I don't necessarily know how to bridge it into a pattern you know so I have to take a look at pre-existing patterns and how am I going to alter this and then it's trial and error but sometimes the error gets too frustrating for me and then I get overwhelmed and then I just give up. I'll walk away from it. And so I think there's another key there in my old goal setting and the achievement thing is if it feels too big or too heavy, it's not motivating for me to achieve it because I'm too focused on how long it's going to take me to get there. Like I have a huge feat ahead of me. Full disclosure, I would love to lose 100 pounds. That's a lot of work. And I know that. And it used to be disempowering. And I really felt at some point like I had given up on myself, but now it's like, mm, there's probably a part of me that wanted to experience that. Because even in my fitness days, I think my quote unquote max weight when I started my uh, weight loss journey was probably around 245 pounds. I'm 5'7". People don't believe that I weighed that much. If I were to tell you what I weigh right now, which is around 275, People don't necessarily believe that when they look at me because I happen to have a lot of muscularity, you know, so it kind of balances a little bit, but I physically feel it. And I remember thinking to myself at some point, wow, I would love to be under 200 pounds. And I did achieve that for a little while, but I had also been, I guess, maybe wowed a little bit by people like the, the way that they market, like, you know, a thousand or a thousand pound yikes. I mean, maybe that's the thing. A hundred pound weight loss and thinking to myself, like, there's no way I would ever want to be 145 pounds. I would be, this just wouldn't work on my frame. I would probably look sick and anorexic and people would like not receive me very well. I don't even know if my body can physically get down to 145 pounds, to be honest with you. Like I'm not necessarily small framed. I'm not the large frame person either, but I'm larger than average and I know that and that's cool I do have muscle mass that's more than the average female stature I build muscle relatively easily as well and I don't mind being on the thicker side but I obviously made a decision at some point that I wanted to experience the 100 pound weight loss but in order for me to do that my weight had to increase beyond the 245 mm. mark Fair. before I could backtrack down so here we are right? Yeah. My max weight was 284 pounds. I never in my life thought I would ever see that on the scale. And yet it was not as hard. It wasn't heartbreaking for me to see that on the scale. I was actually in shock and I kind of laughed at myself. I was like, wow, girl, like you really like let yourself slide. Because when I was working out as a fitness trainer, when I was training to be a bodybuilder, I would, I had an idea that I wanted to get onto stage. And my when I was finished working with the trainers that I was working with at the time, I had gotten myself to around 195 pounds and I was about 17% body fat. When I started with them, I was 45% body fat. So it's achievable, I can do it, but why a part of me ever decided that I wanna know what it's like to lose hundred pounds, like, dude. <laughs> If I could go back in time, I guess I can. I can recut and recall that right now. I was like, gonna it's say, we can you and be that right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like you know, so it's kind of it's kind of funny, but like 
I don't actually. Okay, so actually, this is where I was going to go with the story. When I was training with them and I got under 198 pounds, and then I stopped being so disciplined over the summer months because my training package with them ended on June 30th. And uh, it just so happened to also be the year end for my job. That was our year end, and we had a celebration that night, which was good timing because of Canada Day and nobody had to work the next day. The gym was closed, yada, yada. So after almost four months of not consuming any refined sugars at all, only having one serving of fruit per day with my protein shake, if I did cardio, I didn't do cardio that day and I just did weights. I didn't get the fruit, which was fine. Um, And I was eating very specifically measured out carbohydrate, protein and fat ratio. And I was disciplined and I enjoyed myself, but I also didn't drink alcohol for that four months and then we had the celebration of the year end and I think I had maybe one glass of wine and it hit me like a ton of bricks and I was just like I this is not worth it it also tasted really sugary and it was a dry red I'm pretty sure it was like a cab blend and those are more of the drier red wines than like a Merlot or Shiraz that kind of stuff and it was just it tasted like candy and and it was just like absolutely disgusting. I didn't even enjoy it. And I felt, I got like the hot flash flush and I was just like, what is this? Like, I don't even want this. And I felt really buzzed really fast. And I was like, this is not worth it for me. But after being clean of sugar for so long, your body switches. Right. And I also noticed back then that my taste buds changed. So certain things were stronger tasting. Like I couldn't eat pork products because I could really, really taste things that indicated that it wasn't necessarily as fresh as what we would believe it to be. Mm. Um, So like processed pork products, especially it's like, mm, that's, it was an interesting experience, but then kind of not being as disciplined throughout the summer and, you know, having an extra burger with French fries because I could rather than having, you know, ground beef and a specifically measured amount of rice, a little bit different. Um, by the fall I had put on about 20 pounds but I didn't really hate myself at least I don't think I did but then we had um, there was I think that was the fall that I had had my hot tub time machine experience which I've already spoken about on the podcast and uh, I remember stepping on the scale in and around that Christmas time because I was going back to work with those trainers again and when I realized that I had gone back up to around the 225 mark and I had done a month of training with my trainers and my weight hadn't budged, I was devastated. And I think that's actually the point, probably the point of origin for my giving up on my goals. And I just let it all go for a while. And I would still work out regularly and I would go to the gym like four or five times a week and do the classes, but I wasn't doing my regimented specific split of six days of weight training and four days of cardio and yoga and all that stuff like and I and man I used to work out three hours a day and and my body was conditioned for it and I was so flexible and like reaching for my like reaching down to my toes didn't physically hurt my hamstrings like I can still touch my toes thankfully like I I still have that fluidity but it's painful because it's everything is so tight um but along with the goal setting came some injuries and then the injuries got in the way of my goals that I wanted back then so this is another aspect of like that layer of why I think I have an aversion to actually setting goals mm-hmm. um but I've always wanted to I've always wanted to be able to do tricep dips without an assist but I ain't doing that at 280 pounds because my upper body just is not that strong for it my lower body I have the strength for it like I could squat my body weight if I once like probably in about two months from now I could build myself up to being able to squat my body weight 
but do I want you anymore? No, I just want to be able to like enjoy what I put on my body for clothing and not like dislike what I see. But it's it's interesting the contrast of when I stepped on the scale at 245 when I was in my early 20s, I knew I had to make a change. I made that change. I got underneath 200 pounds, didn't stay there for very long and was more devastated realizing that I had put back 20 pounds than when I stepped on the scale and I registered at 284, which was a couple of months ago. I think that was maybe July, August. But again, it was like a super highly stressful time and cortisol plays a huge factor in you carrying your weight and not being able to shed it so um but it's interesting how I also want that immediate feedback that same idea of like you wanting to crochet that really small item because you get it done in a half in, in like three hours well I've always had that mentality with no matter what it is and I think that's another aspect of my aversion to setting goals because it's like I already see the finish line why can't I have it <laughs> I know what my body's going to look like. I know what is required to lose the hundred pounds. Why can't that happen overnight? Like, could you imagine if like you shed a hundred pounds overnight? That'd be really hard on your body. Like, well, you would probably like, I don't actually think it's even logically possible biologically, but, um, you would I know have that, to pop off a leg. Well, yeah, or exactly <laughs> have some kind of like limb removal. That's not the way that I want to go about it. Thank you very much. Like, I don't mind putting in the work but the work needs to look a lot different than it did in my twenties mm-hmm. because I'm just not willing to work out for three hours a day. And I actually think that's really hard on the body. And I want to do something that I can get that immediate feedback and feel like I've accomplished something. And I, I mean, I don't mind committing up to 90 minutes, but I think anything beyond that and you you're fooling yourself, you're wasting your time. I don't want to be a cardio bunny. I don't want to be running on the treadmill for an hour. It's hard on the joints. And when you are a heavier person, I really think a lot of trainers out there have an unrealistic expectation of their clients when they, when they're presenting with this excess weight and like in a year from now, I could be a hundred pounds less. I probably will be a hundred pounds less. Maybe, maybe not quite a hundred pounds. Like, I don't know. I don't know if 175 really fits on my body either, but I would just be happy with staying under the 200 pound mark and maintaining it rather than giving up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I've noticed a trend too with friends of mine that have lost weight and then gained weight and then lost weight and then gained weight. Um, that maintenance factor for them, they always have a, a number set in mind of like, if I could just do this and stay under this, it's like, well, you know what though? I almost actually think I want to destroy and uncreate the idea of being under 200 pounds. What I want is a flatter stomach, a healthier outlook on life. And I want my flexibility. I would love to be able to move like a dancer and a gymnast without the fear of breaking my neck or my wrist or my ankle when I do a cartwheel. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Tearing something, you know, your hamstrings. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah landing awkwardly or falling on my face like I'm actually okay with falling on my face as long as nothing gets hurt like <laughs> I've I've slipped and fallen so many times and people have laughed at me like I remember in junior high I was walking to school and it was super icy and my two yahoo friends the two of the guys that I sat with in the class all the time we were all shit disturbers um and they would love to make fun of me but but one friend of mine in particular he he did it out of love he wasn't malicious about it he genuinely just thought I it was funny to make fun of me and and we just had this really weird bond we were friends for like three years really close it's really really cool actually um 
<laughs> anyway, I was walking to school and they were around the corner and I wiped out like full ass over tea kettle, feet out from underneath me, landed on the ground. And I just laid there for a moment. And I'm like, great, who freaking saw? Sure enough, these two yahoos. And they were laughing and laughing and like, and they're like, why didn't you get up right away? And I was like, I was actually checking to make sure nothing was broken and nobody saw. And I figured, whatever, maybe if I lay here for a minute, people will just like ignore me and move along. Oh man, it's so funny. And then I ran into them, one of them, not both, but just the one uh, in the bar about probably when I was under my 200 pound mark. I did not recognize this kid at all he like had to say my name three times for me to even acknowledge his existence and then when I looked at his face I was like who is this guy and then he said his name and I was like oh my god like I've been seeing you since junior high it was so funny it was so funny to me I don't know how the hell he recognized me because I definitely looked different that was when I had that was the first time I had cut my hair really short and pixie and um, when I'm thinner I tend to look a lot more like pink in the jaw structure and the facial uh, expressions and the attitude and the makeup and all those kinds of fun things. Um, so it's kind of funny to me anyway, um, but I'm, I'm thinking about thinking about doing that again with my hair for this like January. I actually like legit completely understand on all layers and all levels why Britney Spears shaved her head off. And I don't have all of the same confounding factors, but I'm really tempted to just take it and shave it all off and just buy a wig for a little while to have some fun, fun hair while my natural hair grows in because it's actually coming in gray and I am here for it. I cannot wait to have prone hair. I wish it would go all white. I wouldn't have to pay to bleach it. It wouldn't be this funky blue and, and copper color that's going on right now in, in the video if you hop over to our YouTube or to our podcast listeners. Because when you bleach hair that's been dyed black, which it was black in October, it legit came out copper and I could have been a freaking Weasley, member of the Weasley family. It was great. <laughs> great but then I dumped blue on top of it and what happens to orange when you mix blue it turns like a murky greenish brown color so I have this like little bit of root that got bleached from the the excess bleach then I have about an inch and a half section that's trying to be bluish copper and then the very tips of it look greenish blue which is not terrible but I predict that by January, whatever my root growth is, is all that's going to exist because I I think I'm just going to start fresh, start their new the calendar year off in my natural state, which probably won't last forever. Yeah. But but like, you know, the whole concept of burning everything down and like shaving it all off, like I'm, I'm totally fine with being hairless from top to bottom for a while and starting off the new year in a, in a new, new layer of skin, so to speak. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah that would be out. interesting yeah yeah I don't know I don't know that's a lot to ponder um I've never shaved my head I have thought of it I don't think there's ever a, been a woman that hasn't thought of what it would be like if she shaved her head mm. but I just I don't know I just I like there's a certain length of my hair that I'm just like you know it's usually between here and here so it's already starting to get a little bit longer. Um, so between the shoulder and like the midline? Yeah, like collarbone and just about probably about mid breast or just below breast. Mm -hmm. um, that is that is like the perfect length. Anything longer than that, it just gets really straggly um, mm -hmm. and like just not very nice. But like this is all natural hair. I had colored it several times before 
I think I stopped when I was pregnant. Okay. Um, and so when I had stopped, it was like, I think I had maybe an inch of root growth by the time I was finished my pregnancy, it was down to my ear. I had wow. chopped it off to about co- uh, collarbone. Um, and then by this summer, it had grown out enough that like it grew from like my middle of my ear down to my collarbone so I could chop it. And I chopped off all of the color. Um, and so now this is all just like virgin hair and I'm, I love it. Like my hair definitely changes colors, um, throughout the season. Like most people's does, Mm -hmm. um, in the summer, it gets a lot more blonde, usually fall. It's a lot more coppery. Um, when we get into more of like the winter, it might, might get a little bit more like a mousy brown. Not, I can't even say brown because it's more blonde, but it, like a mousy blonde, the copper will definitely fade. Springtime, I don't know. It just does weird shit. And then it goes blonde <laughs> again and then repeat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, I think we've had that conversation together where I've talked about like how I'm starting to find white hairs and my hair um, being a strawberry blonde. Like I have pretty much every every color of hair you could find except for maybe black. I don't think I have any black hair in my hair, but like you can go through and section off of section you'll find like a platinum blonde. You'll find like a nice, like, you know, subtle blonde. You'll find like the coppery reds. You'll find a Brown, you know, like there's lots of different colors in it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like right around, like right around like the, just the top of my temple, I have found like a couple of, um, white hairs on each side. And I'm like, I'm so here for it. Cause I, I can imagine too. I mean, like I'm far too young to be a crone just yet, <laughs> but when, when that happens, I'm fine with transitioning to a full white head of hair. Like, I don't know if I'll have the salt and pepper. Um, I think it'll just go straight white and like, I'm all for that. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Not quite yet. Like I'll, I'll enjoy the the luxury of having color in my hair for the next little while, but you know, I'm in for like being that like cool ass, like grandma with the white hair and like, I don't know, rocking it. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. I fully embrace all of the aspects of aging. Actually, even the little bit of wrinkles that I have doesn't stress me out at all. Um, what stresses me out more is crappy makeup that draws attention to it. That makes your face look cakey and draws attention to your pores and makes you look older like the stuff that I'm wearing right now, but I'm not going to throw the creator under the SIM. Kat Von D makeup fucking sucks. I love her artwork. I love her tattoo, like talent, but your foundation is shit. <laughs> like it's absolute shit. I'm a Mac girl by heart. I've tried other products. I've tried the Rihanna, whatever she was, which for some odd reason smells like old grandma perfume. I don't know why it's scented that way, but it was awful. I Thankfully, I was only given a sample at Sephora and not a full bottle of it because I would have been angry about having to smell this on my face all the time. I have not, and even MAC, I don't love. There's aspects of it that I don't love. Um, But this foundation in particular, I really can see every single pore on my face, every single little peach fuzz hair on my face. And it almost makes it look cratered in the areas that I have wrinkles. And if I were to, if you were to look closely, like this camera sucks, obviously, but like where I just ran my finger across my forehead, it literally wipes the foundation off and it leaves like, it it almost looks instead of being a full coverage, which is what it promises to be. um, 
when you wipe it away, like it doesn't set to my skin, no matter what primer I use or don't use, it does not matter. I've tried all of the makeup tricks and it does not matter. It almost wipes away to look more like a tinted foundational like cream, which is not what I need. Like I actually like full coverage. I like manipulating with contour and playing with makeup and hair and all those materialistic, beautiful things. Cause I just fucking love it. It's great. I never did this when I was a kid. I've, I've done more makeup in my twenties and thirties than I ever did when I was younger, when you think you should be playing with that kind of stuff. And it wasn't cause I wasn't allowed. I just never got into it. But I mean, I was like 38 ish when I figured out how to do a proper, um, what's the smoky eye look, you know, and using different colors and playing and layering and, and like, with this, it's just like, I don't know. I know that I'm 40 and I can embrace the aging aspect and that's fine. But I feel like even if I was 20, it would still make my face look old. You. <laughs> work with me at all. And I'm so sad about it, but it looks fine on camera. Like you can't see anything. It look, I look the same as I do in every other video, but it's, it's just when I'm like inspecting it up close, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and I just want to use up the bottle to, to finish it off. And I mean, I guess I don't have to, I could just toss it, but. I'm using it because it's there but hair and makeup to me is my jam it's always been something that I've I think that's like the Libra aspect wanting to beautify and, and embrace and like no matter how shitty I feel about my weight or my physical health which I'm working on putting on makeup it just changes my whole outlook and attitude and, and perspective and so maybe I need to do that more as well maybe I'll throw in some makeup one day when I'm writing up my achievements for the month and and like step into that power of feeling like you're the CEO of your life because I really feel like I haven't been but that's a lot of taking on other people's expectations projections and judgments and I really have to take a hard look at how much of that I've bought as truth for myself mm -hmm. but also in the last little while I've really realized like the idea of aging to me is, is kind of entertaining like the way the media portrays it and the beauty industry portrays it you know and I remember my sister making a joke to me when I was in my 20s that I had found a gray hair and she was like, ah, blah, 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 like, don't pluck it out because you'll get 10 more. And I was like, what if I want 10 more? Was my response. Like, I would actually be okay with it. Like, my mom had salt and pepper hair at a young age. And when I, I had, I, I it was like, last two years, I've been kind of jokingly saying to the universe, like, hey, universe, what would it take for my hair to be fully gray or fully white? And, like, I would kind of quote, like, jokingly curse is not the right word, but curse like swear word curse um at my dad's uh lineage because that man had a full head of hair ish he had a bald spot forever but the comb overworked but like thick black hair and the only time his hair ever turned white was when he was going through chemo treatment and the hair fell out and when it grew back when it first grew back it was white and I was like dude you look great like total silver fox look like he really suited it and he was already a grumpy old man so like what the <laughs> hell like let's just have the hair style to go with it right within six months of him being done with his not even three months within three months of him being done with his chemo treatment and radiation treatment fucking went back to black it's like are you kidding me you don't even get to enjoy the white hair like it was legit back to black and i was like i i want gray hair like what's going on and so i guess maybe my universal asks have worked because i didn't realize this but Throughout the summer, I was really adamant at shaving my sides right down to the bone because it was hot and sticky and gross. And I loved the feeling of just like that bare skin on my hands in the, in the summer and being able to pull my whole mohawk back into a ponytail and getting it off my face. But with my bleaching, it's caused damage. And I have never really gave my roots its proper like homage of letting them grow in and appreciating what was coming through. 
but in the last three months of my root growth because I've kind of played around with dyeing my own hair over the last little while just because of not wanting to be in a salon spending that extra money when I could be spending that money on something else and I had originally wanted to give my hair a break which is why I have this big long root which is now copper color but since September and I was looking at the root growth I was like it's really sparkly on the sides like I'm like looking in the mirror and I'm like tilting my head and looking in the light and seeing it's like it actually would I would actually argue that it's probably 70% gray and I'm not letting it grow in long enough for me to fully embrace and enjoy what that might look like so what I would like to do on my list of things for 2022 um I want to blow this podcast up I think we need to make it be like super like we have to like start promoting it and get more listeners and whatnot and and I want it I I should say that I don't want to blow it up I want to see it blow up I want to see it get like viral so to speak um but like the right kind of viral you guys not what's been going on for the last two years um I also want to see around what dance around with the idea of a hundred pound weight loss what that looks like so like I'm benchmarking it as I started at 284. I'm no longer that, thankfully. I've dropped I'm around 272 now. And I've been doing some detoxing and, and some different things to help my body flush that out. Um, I want to see my hair grow long, all of it. I think I'm going to just mohawk. And I want to see what it comes in with, with natural color. So depending on where my root growth is in January, I might have might be wearing a wig for a little while just for fun. And uh, well, it grows in because it's winter and it's cold here. But it's a good time to grow out your hair. And uh, I would like to increase my flexibility and mobility and maybe move around more like a graceful dancer rather than a, an awkward moose, <laughs> which is a spirit animal of mine. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Give me in a shamanic journey once. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so yeah. So we'll see what else we, uh, we create, but. Mm-hmm. Those are on my, those are on my achievements for next year. So maybe when we record at the, end of December we could actually have like a fun let's just throw everything out there into the universe of what we want to see for the next year and and see what and then go back in a year and, and listen to it and see how much of it has come true I'm in on that that sounds like that would be fun yeah yeah absolutely awesome well I <laughs> think we should probably wrap it up there yeah um, I think it's a good time to wrap it up yeah we talked about everything today we did, but I think it was a really good topic. And I mean, like, who knew we were going to start talking about goals, but I think that's or achievements for those of you who do not like goals. <laughs> this is the first time we've done something on the fly, legit on the fly and not had an intention. We were literally like, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. Let's just hit record. Okay. <laughs> Here we <All> right, are. Cool. <laughs> 90 minutes later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like good times though. Good times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with that, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening um, to us blather on about, um, you know, goals and achievements and things that we, you know, can do and like random crochet facts and, <laughs> yep. and our hair and like aging gracefully. This was a mixed bag of an episode. It really was. Aging gracefully and achievements, I think is, is where it's at. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. We did start out with the joke of crocheting being old lady. Whatever. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) I don't I don't know. Nobody ever believes me when I tell them how much I weigh. Nobody ever believes me when I tell them how old I am. And I'm okay with that. And really most of my family doesn't believe me with anything I say. So whatever. (laughs) I'm okay with that too. 
Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, well, you guys can check out our podcast on Instagram at uh, Enter the Vortex Podcast. Um, you can also check me out, Erin, at uh, Heal with Erin Mindy on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you want to hit up my website, it's erinmindy.ca. What about you, Carol? I would love it if you are following us on the Enter the Vortex podcast and also send us like in the comments, mention what you would like us to talk about. Give us ideas, ask us questions. We should, uh, maybe we can toss up a Q&A post and just be like, yo, let us know what you want. And we can address the questions on our one of, maybe not the next episode, but we'll compile them over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, just give us some different talking points that the listeners want to inquire about i don't care if they're whatever just ask us questions we'll answer the ones we want to answer and the ones we don't want to answer we'll tell you why we're not answering them <laughs> yes um but yeah and you can find me at carolsky.ca or on facebook and instagram at elevate with carolsky yeah awesome yeah. yeah well with that i will well i won't see you guys later <laughs> you can listen to us later on Absolutely. the next episode you betcha. Awesome. Bye. Bye.